What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at The Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Jacob and I are back in studio, and Tyler will be joining us on the phone. We will share our thoughts on the recent events in the world since the murder of George Floyd by a former Minneapolis police officer. And then we'll do our best to transition back to some sense of normalcy as we'll discuss the NBA's plan to resume their season as well as where the MLB and NFL stand in terms of their seasons starting. All right, let's start the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 146 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric of the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. Tyler, how you doing, man? Glad you made it back to California. You were able to go back home to Washington for a little bit. How was that, man? It was great, man. It was it was great to get out of the city for a little bit. Um, it was great to see the fam, obviously, and just spend some time up in the Northwest while, you know, we're in these kind of weird times. I decided to take advantage. Yeah, you know, it's, it's times like these where you got to be with your family, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't miss this opportunity. It's such a such a weird time in life to, where it's like it's almost okay to, you know, have this time off. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad I made it up there for a couple of weeks. For sure. Tyler and I are joined by our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, how you doing, man? I've been good. These last two weeks have been a little tough, not for me personally, but I think just in general what's been going on. Uh, so it's been kind of tough just to kind of process all of it. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously we haven't done an episode in two weeks. And it was tough with uh, Tyler being up in Washington, but it was important for him to spend time with his family, and we obviously made sure to make that happen for him. And then obviously we took the week prior before that off uh, to honor the death of George Floyd at the at the hands of a former Minneapolis police officer and it was obviously a senseless act of violence. It was murder. Um, I just, it's, I wanted to kind of start this episode off with, with a discussion of our thoughts and perspective on kind of what's gone on over the past few weeks in Los Angeles, up in Washington, throughout the country, throughout the world. It's, I mean, I've seen protests in London, Belgium, Germany. I've seen I've seen it all over the world. So, uh, Tyler, I I wanted to start with you since you were up in Washington, and I, I wanted to hear like what it, what it was like up there. 
Man, what a crazy time, you know, between this this pandemic and the Black Lives Movement and, you know, kind of the the race war and the the police war we're at right now. It's it's just crazy. It feels like a movie up there. You see, you see boarded up buildings. Um, all, I, and so I spent the majority of my time in Olympia, Washington, which is the capital. So um, you're obviously just being in the capital, you're going to have a lot of a lot more activity just because you're kind of, you know, on the governor's doorstep, but there's a ton of local businesses boarded up. I mean, you see things, but I just never imagined in my life that I would actually see, you know, things like defund the police spray painting on buildings yeah, and things, you know, things like fuck the cops and fuck 12. And it's like, it's a movie. I mean, I just never thought I would see this. And, you know, the crazy experience, the most crazy experience I had was, you know, right at like dusk, I was at a mini mart, um, just picking up a couple of things. And there's like a, a, a truck pulled up and it's got four dudes in the truck, three dudes in the back of the truck, all just carrying guns. Seven, and, seven and total guys. Seven dudes, seven wow. white guys with like 22s, like little like rifle looking things. And it was just crazy. I mean, it, it was like surreal seeing it. Was, was there a curfew where you were at? Not, no, no. Um, they're a little further along in the process than Los Angeles is. Um, they, they, you know, they were seating in restaurants and all that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of people, you know, for the most part, were not wearing masks. It, did, it, it just kind of seemed like it didn't exist up there almost. No, but I'm, no, um, but I'm saying was, was there a curfew? No, I, no, I don't think there was. Not to my knowledge. Okay. I think that was Uh, only in major cities like Los Angeles and Seattle definitely had it. You know, I'm sure Seattle did. Uh, Seattle, you know, if you're paying attention to this thing, you can also see Seattle is kind of one of the, one of the more active spots in the country uh, with their protesting. If you saw Chaz. Yeah. The um, Capitol Hill autonomous zone. Yeah. And uh, you know, Seattle is definitely an active city and a progressive city. So they're 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 going after this with full force. So it's just like I said, I can't. The only thing I can describe is it's like a movie. You know, these little scenes and these little drives I take through the town, and and you know the activity I'm seeing on social media. It's just a trip, um, and you know it's just as bubbling in Washington as it is Los Angeles. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, down here in, in LA, uh, I know me and Eric we kind of noticed it only because we work in news, but. I think the days leading up to that weekend when all the protest, uh, protests began here, especially in Long Beach, um, in L.A., and um, Huntington Beach when they started to ensue and grow bigger, I, I didn't know if it was going to get to that extent and how big it was going to get, but I think we saw it full force on Saturday and Sunday, and it was just, like you're saying, it's, it was like a movie, and I've never been glued to the TV as much as I was that weekend. That weekend... I don't think I turned the TV off once Saturday, Sunday, because I work Saturdays, but Sunday, all I did was watch the news. And you can see all these protests begin peacefully, but then by the middle of the day, evening-ish, that's when, I wouldn't say riots, but it started just to, like, the the blood started to boil from the cop side, from the protesters' side, and then that's when just things went to hell. Uh, the looting began, which seeing that on TV is is heartbreaking for businesses because what sucked too is that this was a weekend that a lot of these smaller businesses, i.e. restaurants, um, 
small little shops, you know, mom and pop places that they were going to start to reopen again, little by little with restrictions. And it sucks that some of these looters, because they weren't part of the protest, there's no way that they were part of that. They were using that as a distraction and they were going in and they were breaking into these businesses. And that was horrible because you have a big group of people and a movement trying to trying to show something and stand for something. And then you have little side things going on, fires and looting and stuff like that. So completely agree with you. It was like it was like scenes out of a movie that we have seen before. And like you've seen catastrophe movies and this is exactly what you were getting. Yeah. And like like both of you were saying, it, it was like a movie and. The, the weekend specifically that Jacob was talking about here in Los Angeles, the kind of, uh, I guess, the the epicenter of the, I don't know, I don't know how to put this. Basically, well, yeah, the, where, where it kind of began was like Long Beach and Well, and no, 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 the, da- the dates of when it happened was May 30th and 31st, that first weekend of mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And no, it, I'm pretty sure it's more started in like West Hollywood, downtown yeah. Hollywood, that area in terms of like the looting and the rioting. But Well, I do remember the looting began, the, I remember seeing looting was in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, but... Like like Tyler was saying, like you were saying, Jacob, it, it's like a movie. And, I mean, even in the San Fernando Valley, there were businesses boarded up. There was a CVS that got looted. There was a jewelry store that got looted. And like Jacob was saying, these looters, they weren't a part of the protests. And it, it took away from the fact. But I have to give the organizers of the protests a lot of credit as the days went on and the protests continued the the protesters and the leaders of these protests did a great job at self-policing themselves, making sure that the cause was at the forefront of what they were doing and making sure these rioters and looters and infiltrators weren't doing what they had been doing the, the days prior. So I got to give them a lot of credit. And it, I mean, I wasn't alive for the 92 riots in L.A. Jacob, you weren't alive no. for the 92 riots in L.A., Tyler, you weren't living in Los Angeles at the time, but from so many people that Jacob and I work with here at the the news radio station, we heard it was very similar to the 92 riots, what had happened that weekend, uh, the last weekend of May. I mean, I was working that Saturday night, and one of our news reporters, news trucks, his tires were slashed. He... He, the the other and he, was, fe- and he was parked in a residential area away from the you, protest yeah. because that's that's what they're told they got to keep their car away yada yada for safety purposes have an escape route just for emergency purposes all of that and our other field reporter had to leave the post where he was at and go pick him up pick up the other reporter to get him home safely that night so it it was madness here in in Los Angeles there's there's no other way for me to to put it and also what you said, too, about the 92 riots, that they were comparing them to to that of the 92 riots. But I think this one is a lot different only because of, of its spread internationally. This wasn't only in the L.A. County and it wasn't only in a couple other states. This was spread out across the country. And then it was also happening in places like London. And so I've never seen something like that or heard of something like that. Right. And, and it all started in Minneapolis yeah. where, which it looked like a war zone. I was watching the TV that Saturday. It looked uh, like a Friday war zone at Melrose and Fairfax. Yeah. It looked, there was a reporter doing a live shot and buildings were, were burned down. There was rubble all over. I thought it was like a, a war. Um, it was like a war reporter. Yeah. You know, what were you going to say, Tyler? 
Well, I was just, you know, this is just the perfect storm of events. I mean, everyone's been cooped up. That's this what is, I was saying I think, too, man. This is this is bigger. This is probably bigger than the Rodney King. This is probably more similar to the civil rights movement of the '60s. Maybe even maybe even more insane than that. I mean, it's the first protest ever to be in all 50 states. You know, it's it's reached. I think it's reached over 20 countries. Uh, and it's coming off the back of a pandemic where everyone was, you know, has been cooped up, ready to, ready to go. And a global pandemic uh, that's killed 2 million people. Yeah. And it's weird, you know, with the movie scenes, it's like we just witnessed kind of those movie scene moments with the pandemic, you know, being in, I was in a grocery store and people grabbing canned goods. It was just like, it was crazy, you know, and uh, that's, that's, that's definitely part of the, you know, kind of, the immense reaction is, man, the world was ready for this. My apologies. Uh, I said 2 million deaths worldwide. It was 8 million confirmed cases worldwide. But still, nonetheless, 2 million confirmed cases yeah. in the United States. Yeah, it's just, it's, and then now, you know, there's probably going to be a spike in the coronavirus, you know, I believe. Yeah, it's crazy. Because of all this protesting. and uh, There were 50,000 well, people down in Hollywood for, for one of these protests. But again, like that, and, and that's, you know, and that's kind of my ending point is it's, we're seeing something special right now and it could be something really, really good could come out of this. You know, I think change is inevitable. The world's not going to be a different place when we get on the other side of this. And I really think that the youth is stepping up and we're just seeing a lot of people kind of band together. And uh, for such a horrible time, I think that the light at the end of the tunnel is, it's pretty crazy. I think that there's going to be a ton of change for the good coming out of all this. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think there is light at the end of the tunnel. I think that there has been a lot of momentum being swung in the right direction because of what has taken, pla- taken place over the li- last two, three weeks. So it's, it's uh it's crazy it's a it's personal it's political it's you know it's got all these feelings attached to it and then we're doing all with all that socially on the back of a global pandemic it's just these times are unprecedented and I, it's just it's a crit you know i really do i think this is probably going to be one of those moments in history books that's pretty pretty well defined we've been saying it this whole time since the coronavirus hit and we've had to do these stay at home episodes or modified episodes with tyler not being able to be here me not being able to be in the studio for a couple of weeks as well it we're we're living in a moment in history and i i saw a tweet during all of this over the past few weeks and it's when our kids read the textbook chapter on the year 2020 2020 is filled it's going to be a hefty chapter I think people felt about this too during uh, the coronavirus uh, coronavirus outbreak, and you sat there and said, "Man, 2020 is going to suck." But then it only got worse. Stuff like this keeps happening, you know. So this is a hell of a year, and we're not even halfway through it. Yeah. Tyler, you got any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of thoughts, <laughs> but I mean, I think. I think overall, um, you know, I'm just trying to soak it in and really learn from all this and Definitely. really try to see what I can do to kind of help make the change. 
Yeah, I've done. I've definitely done a lot of listening and a lot of learning over the past few weeks. That's that's the that's the best thing you can do. You know. Yeah. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll try and transition now as best we can to uh, some sense of, of normalcy as the NBA is on the verge of coming back. They're going to give this Orlando bubble a try. And uh, I have a, a timeline written down of kind of the events over the last few months as far as they go for the NBA. And that's where I'll start. And then we'll get into kind of the specifics on how this Orlando bubble is, is going to work. So on March 11th of this season, uh, March 11th, 2020, the NBA season was suspended after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz becomes the first known positive coronavirus case amongst NBA players. March 20th, NBA facilities close. April 17th, Commissioner Adam Silver says that, quote, everything is on the table and that the NBA is looking into options to playing into late June. May 8th, NBA facilities open on a limited basis for one-on-one workouts. May 15th, NBA paychecks reduces and players receive their first paycheck that has been reduced by 25%. June 4th, NBA owners approve return to play plan which will include 22 teams playing an eight game regular season and a possibility for an expanded playoffs in orlando florida june 5th the very next day the nba players association votes to approve the return to play plan that includes 22 teams 13 western conference teams and nine eastern conference teams so adrian rojanowski of the of ESPN reported that the NBA would target a training camp for teams returning to play. So 22 teams, 13 in the West, nine in, in the East. The start of play would be around July 9th or 9th through 11th. Basically the remainder of the regular season and playoffs would take place from July 31st to October 13th. The draft lottery would be on August 25th. The draft would be three days after a possible Game 7 of the NBA Finals on October 13th, 14th, or 15th, something like that. Uh, free agency would begin on October 18th, so that would be three days after the draft. Training camp for the 2021 season begins November 10th, and opening night for the 2021 season would be December 1st. So the calendar still needs to be collectively bargained between the league board of governors, a.k.a. the owners, and the players. So the calendar could look a, di- a little different from that little timeline that I just talked about. But let's first start with breaking down how the league came to the conclusion of which 22 teams would be resuming their seasons. So we have the top 16 teams in the Eastern and Western Conferences will be joined by currently the six, uh, currently teams that are within six games of eighth place in the two conferences. So that would be the New Orleans Pelicans, the Portland Trailblazers, San Antonio Spurs, Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns, and the Washington Wizards. What do we think about how they came to the conclusion of 22 teams? I think it's fair that, that, they, that they did it this way because 
from what my understanding is, they base it off of a metric system too, of of previous seasons and how teams, uh, how close they were to qualifying for the playoffs. Obviously, the quickest way would have been to just get 16 teams, and that would have been the safest way. But that's unfair to the teams that were two games out of the eighth spot. So, I think it's it's fair enough. But it's it, there's a weird imbalance that there's only you know a couple Western Conference teams, or there's more Western Conference teams than there is East. But that also is because the West is always a little bit stronger. Um, but in in all, I think it's fair how they did the seeding of it. How there is going to be a little training camp, and there is going to be play in. And they're going to finish out the season, and then there's going to be the playoffs. Tyler, what about you? Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that I don't think really anybody got screwed over. I think that they did the bubble teams right, but man, I don't know. This is it's just hard to all kind of process right now, and it's hard to transition back into basketball. I think that this season's um, always going to kind of have an, that that asterisk aspect to it. You you think it, it you think it, it will have an asterisk now? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think it's, there's a lot of factors in the why I think that. But um, I, well, why, I mean, why I'm are they? Ride. What what are they? I, I mean, I mean, I just you know, not every it's just not a it's not, it's not a real season, and it got stopped right in the middle of it. It's not kind of no, it's not like agreed upon terms for every team. People didn't know what was coming in. Uh, what they were signing up for. And now it's just like, you know, not every team's finishing the season. Um, it kind of, you know, I, I really do believe a lot of it's on Braun and winning the league because I think if Braun wasn't chasing the title right now, he, he might not play, you know, just to kind of stand up for these, these uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Um yeah, I mean, it's just hard to concentrate on basketball. You know, it's it's weird that this is kind of like what I got to start taking seriously. It feels, it feels, you know, kind of like a cash grab. And, um, you know, I haven't been – I didn't really want them to restart the season from the jump. I think it's going to – we got a long time to go until we know how this coronavirus stuff is going to end. So it's going to be tough. I think it's just going to run into next year. Um, definitely maybe have a shortened season. So it's just messy. Yeah, see, I was with Tyler originally. Uh, me and him were huge advocators that maybe they should have just shut it down. All I mean, three of I, us Yeah, were. I know you were uh, as well. Um, but, yeah, we were we were all advocating that maybe you should just shut it down because it was back and forth, back and forth, Players Association, the league, owners. And I think now that they had a plan, it looks good, but you just don't know what the outbreaks. And I know that they're going to be doing daily testing and they're going to try to isolate players as best as they can. But you all have them there in that resort, so to speak. And it's like a college campus. That's what they're describing it as. Well, you know, it's like the you field. Got, like, you're going to have players, like, not coming. And you're going to have replacement, it, replacement players. It just doesn't seem legit. I just, it's not a normal circumstance. Um, you know, winning, kind of, kind of winning this little, like, back-end tournament to me is just, it's not as legit as every other year, even a lockout year. I mean, as, as far year. as the schedule goes, though, I think that it's fair as far as who made it. But like, like no, the teams, no, like that, the, yeah, yeah, the part... teams, the teams who did not make it, they're still going to get a training camp and they're going to be able to play because the NBA they don't want these teams who didn't make the playoffs to just go dry for months and, and months. But as far yeah, as all the easy. other factors in it, you know, getting tested and trying to isolate people and keeping people as as separate as as you can. You know, even though it's a it's a contact sport, 
You're going to have teams together all the time. Um, they're going to be working out. They're going to be playing games. And even with the coaches, too. So I think it's tough. It's a lot of factors. Families are also in there. I don't know. It's it's just it's uh, it's not not the most important thing to do right now, and I feel feel like we're forcing it, um, and it just doesn't seem like it's kind of fair across the board. I mean, the Warriors like one of they're like benefit benefiting from this big time, you know, just a year of rest on their down year. So I, I don't know. I'm just not really happy the league's returning in general. I, I do, however, if they're going to return. I like the setup. I mean, if that's what they're going to do, it's 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 going to be legit. But it's it's kind of hard to just turn my brain into wanting to watch basketball right now, while we have all these you know all this craziness going on in our country. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And like like Tyler's mentioning, there there's a divide between the players, and it's not yeah. just and it's not just about the the social justice and the racial equality that's being fought for right now. It's about the health and safety protocols that are, that are in place. There's, there's just still a lot of uncertainty surrounding this bubble. And the more and more we, we find out about it. I mean, uh, the league sent teams going to Orlando, 113 page health and safety protocol that, that Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Strania were, they were highlighting a lot of the details last night on Twitter, all the way down to the fact that playing cards will be disposed of after being used each time and a, and a way to properly disinfect a basketball. Now I have, I have a couple of the details from this uh, health and safety protocol that I know one of them is about showering too, right? Well, I, I didn't, have anything about showering written oh, down well there's there is one about showering hall players are not going to be able to shower immediately after the games once you're done with the games you're going back to your hotel room and you shower there yeah you can't shower at the facilities it's all about like that. it's all about yep. the isolation and but not... what's funny though it's a contact sport i know that they're trying to isolate people but it's like the showers is not a concern but you and 10 other guys are you know rubbing up on each other and playing a game like that i don't get you know yeah, so I mean according to the protocol, the this is what's going to happen if there's a positive coronavirus test. The player will immediately enter isolation at a separate location which is going to be known as isolation housing. I don't know, it might be another hotel separate from the 3 that have been designated for the teams. Uh then they have to retest to confirm that it's a positive. Once they test negative consecutively twice they will then finally be allowed to exit isolation but it also states that the quote the occurrence of a small or otherwise expected number of COVID-19 cases will not require a decision to suspend or cancel the resumption of the 2019-2020 season so according to everything that the NBA has been told and directed by from the health and safety officials that they've been in contact with they don't believe that if they have a smaller expected amount of COVID-19 cases they won't have to suspend or cancel the rest of the season they'd be able to move forward without those players I guess for lack of a better term yeah man I mean and the COVID stuff is 
it really is half COVID, half kind of this, these social wars. I mean, a lot of the reason why I feel like it's inappropriate to start up is like, A, you know, the safety precautions, and B, just, man, it's, you know, there's no black ownership in the NBA. I know these athletes want to get paid, but, you know, they're not getting paid. You know, the league wants to make their money. The owners want to make their money. I don't think they have the players' best interest. The players are the ones that are taking all the risks. Um, and, you know, I for the first time in my life, I think I stand with Kyrie on something socially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think this is 100% at the end of the day at the end of the day, a cash grab for the league, the owners, which they're some not of even the players. Making, they're, they're, they wouldn't even be making the money that they could be if fans are going to be allowed in. Right. They're still losing money. Oh, they're losing billions of dollars. But on the other hand, and this could be completely naive of me because I identify as a white person, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, I feel like with what's going on in the world, there would be nothing better and no bigger stage for the players that want to make their statements and want to get their message across to help further this movement of Black Lives Matter and racial equality and all of that. I, I really feel there's no bigger stage than the NBA returning and right now using that platform along with the NBA and the Players Association, which have all come out over the past few days and said they will use the NBA season when it does return as a platform to further the movement. And they and have in the past before. They have in the past, and they're, they've said they're going to do more. Obviously, words need to turn into action before we can validate those words. But I just really feel that there's no bigger stage for this message to be pushed across than with all eyes on the NBA returning after a three-month hiatus during a global okay, pandemic. Okay, but answer me this though. Okay, so what are we doing then? We're gonna, what are we doing? What what actions are gonna come from playing? Now I understand where- Well, it's it, not the actions I of- I think, I think you're right, they need to use it. But it's just like, I don't think a t-shirt at warmups and kneeling to the national anthem is really enough. No. So really, I, I really, I think one of the underlying like big, big stories of all this is like, Man, if LeBron James had like won the ring last year, or was like six and three in his finals history, I think LeBron would sit. And if LeBron's that, I think that would be one of the hugest like impacts in the world. Oh, for sure. This whole, you know, so it's sad to see that like he's going for it because he has to. He feels like he has to for his legacy because I think in a lot of circumstances he'd be the one to to not play because. Ultimately, I think that, you know, it's almost like, you know, the, your logic of being able to play, use that, you know, they, they, that's all of your power, especially from a LeBron because of the money situation. He's not as worried. You know, I feel more for the guys that are, you know, at the end of the bench that, you know, need these paychecks a little more than LeBron does. But um, I just think the social impact of having someone like LeBron not play would be big time. Yeah. Um, and not that I just I, I do agree that you can you can send some messages with your with your game and stuff. You can wear you can wear stuff, you can dedicate stuff, you can donate. But man, is it really gonna send the same message as if these guys didn't play? Yeah, but you know? now Tyler, you asked a great 
question. You said, what's the plan? And I haven't heard that answer from Kyrie or any any of the other players that are, have been vocal about the distraction. Well, Kyrie, no, well, I think Kyrie did have a plan. His, and his plan, was, but plan, but he's not even going to be allowed in Orlando. Yeah, see, he's been getting a lot of flack. We mentioned that it was the players, you know, are divided, yeah. and he's not even going to play. The Nets are in, but his season is shut down. I think if anybody no, other than I think if anybody <laughs> other than Kyrie was saying this message, it would have been received a lot better. But because he came out well, and I said mean, it, he was already out. What Stephen Jackson said it. I mean, I know that there's, I know that there's, you know, like Stephen A is strongly against Kyrie and and whoever else is talking, talking about it. It was and also it, Matt it was Barnes said that he didn't agree with Kyrie either. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of people that don't agree, but uh, and there's a lot of people I that do agree. All, I think that ultimately his message is that the biggest power they have would be not to play. It would stun the world. Yeah. It, it would piss a lot. It would piss a lot of owners off. I mean, I think that they would. You know, it sucks because the, the those players lose their checks. It's like it's almost as if I wish these high caliber athletes could create some sort of like bank account. You know, to cover these these lower end million dollar contracts. It's like just to protect these players so they don't have to play so they can, that's the biggest message they could possibly, you know, until we see these owners speak out and we see them take action. We're not playing. Yeah. And, and you have no, you have no product. Yeah, exactly. And I, I agree. The biggest message that would be sent would be them sitting out, but. And that's why, and that's, and like Kyrie's getting flack because, that's really that's really easy, you know, from my perspective, to say that. Like, it's, I'm not the one giving up these game checks. I'm not the one that's giving up this pay. But I also just feel like that the moment's so big that if they did, it would be it would be crazy. It would be insane. And, and um, I understand they want to play and get paychecks and, and chase a ring, um, and they're going to get their opportunity too. But uh, I just feel like it's maybe I guess miss opportunity is the best way to put it. Yeah. Jacob, you got anything else? No, I just think, I think right now the situation for the NBA is just really messy because no one, no one knew the, obviously the coronavirus is going to hit and the timing for the, the social movement happened right at, at the start of them resuming the season. And so I think that's what makes it tough where we mentioned, yeah, that some players are going to sit out not because of the social uh, uh, protests, but because they don't feel safe going to these games. Yeah, they, they have they have their families to think about. They might have uh, well, a young child. They might have a family with a pre-existing condition. Uh, Who then, knows? But then you also have you have players like Kyrie, and we said that there's players who disagree with them, but there's also players who agree with them. Sitting out would make a big statement, you know, shutting these owners up because they're the ones making the money for them would be the biggest statement they can do. And I think it's tough because now you have the season which is set to resume, but now you have issues here. This reminds me a lot of what some of the issues that baseball has right now, just with the Kyrie stuff going on, of him saying that they don't want to play. Well, baseball has its own yeah, issues. Yeah, they have their own we'll, issues. But we'll this, get to but in this, a minute. But, but this little piece reminds me of that. Well, and it from every indication since the the news of there being this divide amongst the players has come out, all indications seem the NBA is ready to move on whether players are saying yes, we're coming or no, we're not coming. So, but if you're the league though, 
you hear Kyrie's statements, shouldn't you kind of be prepared for players to sit out at some point? Because you're not going to get it from all of them. But what if, let's just say half, half of the players listen to Kyrie and they say, you know what? Our biggest platform right now is the game. We're going to sit out and make uh, a statement right now. What do you think, Tyler? Well, I mean, also, you know, with just the touch of the coronavirus aspect of it, it also protects all those players that are, you know, afraid to play. You know, they shouldn't have to go to work to make these owners money. You know, they should they should be paid. Uh, they should be paid like part of their salary because it's like a hazard to be at work. Yeah, and you know I know I mean? it's like it's just so many levels that I feel like making them play is wrong. Uh, but I also understand that the players want to play, so who am I to say, you know, not to? Yeah, and and I know Dwight Howard, who has also been pretty vocal, and is I believe on the side of Kyrie Irving, but Dwight's come out and said that a lot of what Kyrie is, a lot of what has come out about what Kyrie supposedly said has been misconstrued, according to Dwight, and Dwight also said that. The reason, one of the reasons behind the the conference call that Kyrie led between almost, I believe, eighty other NBA players was to give a voice for those players that don't necessarily have a voice at the table when it comes to these negotiations. And I, that's one of the things I do give Kyrie a lot of credit for is stepping to the forefront and stepping to the plate to go to bat for these players that are afraid or for lack of a better term afraid to to bring it up about themselves so i i give a player who has the star power of Kyrie's caliber a lot of credit for doing that no and i agree with you i think that it was great for him and i agree with Kyrie. i think it was great for him to to come out and help these players voice their opinions and how they feel about what's going on because maybe they're that 15th guy on the bench and they they don't have that power but I think you hit it right on the head, too, is when you said that because it's coming from Kyrie and he's had kind of a, of a murky past with stuff like this before. Especially with the media. Especially with the media. I think that it makes it tough. And if this was somebody else, let's just say if it was LeBron or if it was Giannis, anything like that, a bigger star, a different star, that I think it would have been taken differently. Does his message go away? No, I think his message is great that, you know, you want to make a statement and you have the platform for it. So why not use it? But because of, of the past, I think that's what makes it tough. Yeah, I mean, for once, I, I'm on Kyrie's side. I think he's, he's handled this issue well. And for the most part, he's kind of represented how I feel about it. Yeah. No, and I mean, like, like I was saying, it, it's I've not been given a reason to think that if players decide to sit out, which they have every right to do, and if – if they believe that is what they should do and that's what's best for them personally, then I gotta I, I support them a hundred percent. But the NBA is gonna move forward with this season with twenty two teams in Orlando, whether these players like it or not. Oh yeah. See the NBA right now is in full force. They they have spent months of planning this and working out all the kinks. I know it's going to have its its errors here and there because it's not going to be perfect because you're dealing with one, uh, a global pandemic, and then all the social stuff going on too. Like, that's going to be tough in itself. And trust me, I want sports back. I know you do. We can all vouch for it that we all are dying for sports. But 
at the same time, we're not going to be mad and we're going to support these players if they decide to sit out because I think it's a great thing what they're going to do. They're using what they have as their platforms to get the message across. Yeah, I mean, what what what's the recording at right now, Jacob? 40 minutes. We're 40 minutes in and we haven't even mentioned what Maya Moore has done with her career. She's stepped away now for two seasons from the WNBA to fight for criminal justice reform. She, she is literally doing what Kyrie has suggested. She's put her career on hold to go fight the good fight. And that's one of the bigger stars, if not the biggest star in the WNBA. Yeah, I mean, the NBA can do whatever they want if the players don't play. That's, that's, that's the ultimate loss to the owners. Um, it's the ultimate power play, I think. And and you know, you're and, you know, and they can, Tyler's they can right. Play two teams if they want, but if the players aren't there, you know, it's it's almost it's almost as basic as America just trade doesn't really even deserve the NBA at this point. That's that's kind of how I was maybe how Kyrie's feeling. You know, it's like just sit out, man. And no, you and you're and you're right. No, the players right now, the players right now, they have all the power. If they sit out, the NBA can't continue because who the hell is going to play their games? No, they don't have the power. Like they, their, their only their only power is playing is not playing. Yeah, I mean, if they play, they have zero power. You know, what I mean, it's outside of a a t shirt and kneeling, which we're we're kind of past that at this point. You know, people are apologizing for the way they treated, you know, Colin Kaepernick at this point as he peacefully protested. You know, they wore t shirts that say, "I can't breathe." Five years ago, and nothing changed. And that was for Eric so Garner. I think, and I so I think I, it's you know uh, I stand firmly on. I'm not necessarily happy that the NBA is going to come back. You know, I obviously I'm gonna I'll keep an eye on it, and see what's going on, but it's nothing up with priority to me this year, and it's forever just going to be a tainted season. Yeah. So all right, well the MLB like Jacob mentioned, has so many more problems of their own. Oh, it's way worse. Yeah. At least the NBA has a schedule. Yeah. Well, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and the head of the MLB PA, Tony Clark, had their first face-to-face meeting in Arizona yesterday, and it was said to be, quote, positive, according to John Heyman of the MLB Network. And then as of a few hours ago, the... MLB has sent a new proposal to the Players Association and the ball is now in the players' court and they've all been tweeting the last few days before uh, this proposal came in tonight a hashtag when and where uh, referring to the players basically saying to the owners let us know when and where to play and we will show up but still well because they called him on his bluff this, yeah. this, this whole time it was well, he was blaming the Players Association because there was going to be a loss of money, obviously, because you're going to have a shortened season. But he he kept saying, "All right, you guys are you guys aren't ready." But then when it finally came to it, he was the one who got called out because they said, "Fine, you want to cut our money? We still want to play. Let yeah. us know when." But well, the the players' biggest gripe is that they came to an agreement back in March of a full prorated salary, a hundred percent of whatever they the amount of games were played for the season so the players want to play as many games as possible so they get paid and this new proposal that came in today from the MLB was a 60 game season now the players 
want something more like 70, 72 games. But I think this is going to end up being about a 65-game season for the MLB. But still, so far, no answer from the Players Association. But on a whole separate note of what's, like, as far as when the season is going to start, it's just I just can't believe how nasty these negotiations have gotten. I mean, I I haven't seen this nasty of a negotiation period I don't think since the NFL lockout, uh, what was that? I think in 2010, Tyler, 2010, 2011. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to remember that, you know, what specific year it was. I know what you're referencing. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately now, Oh, the players are pissed at Manfred. They, they feel that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't. Absolutely. He doesn't. Or he doesn't know what he's going to do as far as, like, what's his next move? And they don't even think he knows that when he goes up to say something. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the MLB is is quite quite a mess. And honestly, I'm not positive we'll have a baseball season this year. I was just going to ask you that. Do you think that it's going to happen? I don't think it is. Because, again, compared think. to the NBA, NBA has laid out a basically a carpet. Here's all the details. Again, there's going to be some small flaws in there, but this is more or less what's going to happen. The MLB, they can't even they can't even agree on a date. Yeah. How many the, games? I mean, the, the relationship that Adam Silver has with the players and that Adam Silver has with the owners is night and day compared to the relationship that Rod Manfred has with the players in the MLB. Tyler, you don't think there's going to be an MLB season? I don't. I, I, I don't. I think, and also I think that if there's any sort of coronavirus hiccup within the NBA before the finals, uh, the NFL is probably not going to happen this year as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we're already we're seeing nowhere. a spike. I, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, extreme, but I, I just feel with all these protests, there's going to be a second huge bump in coronavirus. No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. We're going to reshut down the country. And, you know, it, the NBA, that's why it's just like, it's hard for me to get excited for basketball and get into it because I, I, I'm doubtful it's going to work out. I didn't want them to do it in the first place. You know, it's, I, I don't think there's any way that, especially with baseball's communication, that it happens. Like, even if they had good communication, it would be tough to make, make it happen. Um, but, I think that it's almost certain we're going to have another surge in coronavirus. Uh, and I think that ups the chances of having something happen in the NBA. And if something happens in the NBA, then that's going to just kind of be the example of, hey, we restarted this league and it didn't work out. Other countries like the Premier League, those countries have handled the coronavirus way more maturely. Right. They're, they're a lot, you know, <laughs> they've dealt with you know, it a lot better than the U.S. However you can deal with a crazy situation, you got to bet on it. We're going to deal with it in the worst way possible. You know, we're just, that's our, you know, that's our track record so far. We yeah. handle these situations poorly. I mean, look at them every single day. You're seeing more police, police brutality. Every single day you're seeing more coronavirus, you know, things. It's just like, we're not, we're, we keep messing up. And I think we're going to drop the ball with sports and it's just, I wish we would just like move on and try to focus on the, you know, deeper future and how we're going to survive on the other end of this thing. 
And and you mentioned the second wave. Uh, health officials have been letting the MLB know that if they do have a season, which we all agree that that's probably won't happen, but if they do have a season that they probably shouldn't play until late October, November. No, they're saying they shouldn't play into yeah, those months. They, yeah, they should not play into those months because of the second wave and infections and viruses tend to thrive in the cold, so you're going to feed into that. So October, November, if baseball shouldn't be playing, that means football shouldn't be playing either. Yep. No, exactly. I, I think football's got – I think there's a huge chance that football is, is doesn't happen this year. The only way I think football, like, kicks off week one is if the NBA has, like, a flawless run at it. Right. Like, that, that, that will give them justification for doing it. But realistically, I don't think MLB – I don't think the NFL will probably – I don't know if the NBA is going to make it through this run. I don't know if the NFL will have a season – in my mind, I've just kind of closed the sports for the rest of 2020. That's really just where I'm at. It's like, it's not happening. And if it is happening, it shouldn't be happening in America. Well, not right now. If there's no MLB season, that means this will be the third time that there won't be a World Series. Really? Third yeah, time? Third time. So what, were the other, what were the other two? The first time was in 1904. And the Giants, the New York Giants, they didn't want to play the Boston Americans, claiming that the American League was too much of a minor league. And the <laughs> yeah, wait a second. No, 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 that's real. Uh, they were just like, "Now nah, we don't yeah, want to play these." Yeah, I guess the competition sucked, so they didn't want to do it. Uh, the two leagues. Um, so the second one was in '94, and that was uh, because of the player strike. strike. Yeah, so this would be the third time. That's wild. Yeah, yes. yep, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Oh man. Well, I mean. Well, with the with the news of Ezekiel Elliott and a couple other unknown named uh unnamed Cowboys and a few other Texans players testing positive for coronavirus. Luckily none of those players were at either of the team's facilities, but obviously it's a it's a concern as the NFL they're quote unquote on pace to start next season on time. But like Tyler was saying, like Jacob, you've been saying with the second wave, if if more and more players and coaches test positive, it's going to be interesting to one, see how the NFL handles it, and two, just how f- much of an impact on the start of the season it has. Well, I think I think the NFL has, has benefited this out of all three major leagues that we've talked about, only because their season was already done and they were they were already in, I guess, free agency at the time where basketball, it basically cut off, it cut off their, their season and baseball, it was going to start and it cut it off. So with football, they're kind of just watching and seeing what's going to happen. And Tyler mentioned that I think that football is only going to ensue if basketball has a good run at it. And we're going to see the, the, in the coming weeks when the season does start, hopefully for the NBA. And if the NFL sees that it's going well, then they're going to try to reciprocate the same plan. How? It's going to be tough because the NBA can flock to Orlando, but where do you go for an NFL game? Yeah. There's not there's not maybe there's not one city I can think of that can house, you know, Vegas, multiple Vegas. I guess Vegas, but that's only one stadium. But I mean, if you saw the videos on social media of what Vegas has looked like since it reopened, nobody cares and yeah, it, to me it looks like Vegas before all this. There's going to be there's for sure going to be a spike there. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm obviously going to pay attention and watch out all unfolds, but I kind of wish that pro sports would just step aside 
for the moment and and let America figure shit out for a second. Yeah, and, and let the and let the athletes, you know, use their voices. Definitely. So, all right, uh, you guys got any final thoughts before we we get out of here? You got any shout outs you wanted to to mention before we get out of here? You know, I've never been able to shout this guy out. Never been the right time, but finally I get it. I got to shout out my boy Cap, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I just think a lot of people, you know, owe him an apology. Um, just, you know, kind of mixing up what he said, thinking that, you know, his protest was against the flag and the armed forces and America and stuff. Uh, and now people are finally seeing, you know, what he was all about. And uh, they're kind of going back on all their statements. And, you know, those apologies to me are a little empty but man shout out cap dude he was he was ahead of this game ahead of his time and you know in five years he could be a muhammad ali type of figure in sports so um i'm glad to see cap kind of having his day yeah definitely jacob you got anything no actually i don't have one this week Uh, i mean i think i do agree with tyler though i think it that his message when it first started that it was just so diluted in in what it was and you are you are, as a viewer you are you often often misunderstood what was his message but i think that now as you see every day there's protests and since all this began i think his message becomes clearer now that it, sure. was, it was never what people thought it was 100 percent agree with both of you guys um and then for me my shout out uh sentimental I got to see my grandparents yesterday who live down in Orange County, about an hour away from where I live up here in Los Angeles. I I got to see them for the first time since February, since all this coronavirus stuff kicked off. Uh, I went down because today, Wednesday, uh, June 17th, is their 58th anniversary for, for my grandparents, Don and Joni. So I wanted to shout them out on their anniversary. So happy anniversary, Papa Don and Grandma. Uh, 58 man yeah 58 years man that's something that's something special hey i hope to have my wife for 58 years to reciprocate that yes and get get further huh yes so many many more to my grandparents uh it was great getting to spend time with them yesterday after not seeing them for pretty much four months because uh because of this coronavirus it was just too much of a risk and uh as things are slowly opening up uh we we felt it was appropriate to to go down and see him so with with that that wraps up this episode of the sports kingdom show be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram follow all of us at the duke of sports at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.